Another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. It will take around 150 years to drive to the sun. No match for the L200's 2.5-litre turbocharged engine. Ray-Bans not included. Previously on Ian Collins Wants a Word. There's a bloke winding us up. I know. Through the glass. Yeah, I don't... It's not even Andre. Who is that? I don't know. Right, okay, well, that's that Because we've got... This is in two parts. This episode is in two parts for the yeah. first time. We'll be right back for the second part of this show. Hurrah. And now, everybody, it's part two. Ian Collins wants a word. You see, how strange does it feel to be sitting here, Sideshow Kev, because this is a continuation of what went on last week. I've been sitting here all week waiting for something to happen. Fabulous. Suddenly we put the lights back on. Yeah. And you were still there. I should really go and change my trousers. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. No, I wouldn't. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of things happening in this section, including uh, Sideshow Kev's feature. Oh, it's a good one. Is it? Yeah, it's We don't great. know what it is yet. Oh, you'll enjoy it. Actor Sam Kelly is going to be on with us. Sam, of course, uh, was in Porridge. It was at Low Hello. Yeah. He's been doing a whole ton of stuff. Loads He's of stuff. about to go back into the West End. He's a busy, busy man with stuff to say. Talks to us. Later. Well, this is it, though. People have said previously, can you get the cast of this on your program? Yep. Or can you get them back together? And as Justin Lee Collins is no longer doing that kind of thing, I guess it falls to us to talk to people. Clearly. And get memories of, yeah. of, of terrific times on television. And let's make no mistake about it, although, although, although in its later seasons was less good... When it started, it was kind of original and clever. I mean, the whole concept of having a sitcom with French and Germans obviously understood each other. They weren't speaking English, but they were speaking French and German with accents. But in the show, they're speaking either French or German Mm. or whatever. But then you introduce a policeman who is speaking French because he's English, which means the French is all screwed up, so you get the whole good moaning thing. Which is a brilliant idea. And an occasional sausage gag. Um, Lots of sausage gags and lots of gags about tits. Boobies, actually. Same deal. Uh, Here's another thing. Uh, Regular listeners, of which there are tens and tens of thousands, will know that we kind of vary it a bit on different things we do. So we do features like, hey, Hey! you're being a dick. We did that in the first part of this episode. We have random acts of irrational annoyance, random acts of irrational satisfaction, the Daily Mail message board mood monitor, ways to make the world a better place. And every now and then, so we've got all these features and we intersperse them and some weeks we do, you know, we'll do one and then the following week we'll do something else and then we'll give that one a rest and bring in another one. It's not particularly, we don't necessarily decide in a big board meeting fashion. It's just what's come through exactly. on emails and, and, and tweets and Facebook yeah. and stuff. Sometimes there's suggestions that don't fit in any of those specific features, which means... We now have to have another feature. And we're calling this... It don't make no sense! (laughs) That don't make no sense! That's because there is quite a lot that doesn't make any bloody sense, to be honest. And it was just pointed out to us. uh, I'll just give you a little tease. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll properly kick off with this. Uh, Things that don't make no sense. A couple of weeks back, Ed Miliband, leader of the Labour Party, stood up and announced their new energy policy. Yes. Their new energy policy is going to be that if they are elected in 2015, they will 
freeze your energy prices for 20 months. Oh, yeah. that sounds all right. What a nice man. Yeah. Now, there's a bunch of problems uh, with this, of course, because there is a sort of a pay-nothing-now-but-pay-later-ness about that. Which Etude, is yeah. Kind of what kind of got the old Reds into trouble in the first place. There's also the issue that the energy companies might just preload the price before the next election. Yeah. And then load it again after the 20 months if, if Labour wins. Almost certainly. So a lot of that doesn't make any sense. What really doesn't make any sense was to see Ed on his moral podium proclaiming that he understands the difficulties of people in this country, uh, those that are squeezed, that living standards have dropped. And he, if anybody sympathises, what doesn't make any sense is that half an hour ago... He was the f***ing energy minister. <laughs> he was the energy minister. He was the man in charge of energy. <laughs> True. It's not transport, not health, not education, but energy. That was his department. And he gave the speech with a straight face. Now, you can have an about turn. Yeah. Anyone is allowed to have an epiphanous moment and say, you know, I was... But this is kind of a bit like, can you imagine had he lived... Martin Luther King coming uh. back in 65 saying, I didn't have a dream. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a, as U-turny as that would be. Right. You can't be in charge of energy policy when the bills quadrupled during his time in office and then suddenly claim that you're the fellow who's so outraged by what these people are doing in the gas and electric departments that you're the man who's going to be on the side of Middle England to sort it out. But I'm just waiting for um, the Labour Party in their own way. Because, as you know, I'm, I'm largely apolitical. I, I have a, an, a view, an overview of everything. We are so close to someone like Miliband claiming the reason that this happened when we were in power is because people knew the Conservatives were going to get voted in at the next election. Yeah. That, that will be it. Absolutely. Like, oh, well, people knew that, and that's why that happened to us. Because it's not our fault. Correct. Nothing to do with us. But Cameron's at it as well. So, you know, I, I don't... Oh, of course, there's, there's no... There's certainly no difference between the two. But it is... It's playing that moral card. Because he's been slightly scuppered. Because he was going to say that, you know, Plan A hasn't worked. They had to go... plan. Now, of course, Osborne and Cameron can say now that Plan A did work. Whether you believe it or not is another issue. But they can actually say that these other statistics were out of recession. Uh, employment is looking better. Growth is looking better. Yeah. Manufacturing is back. They can claim all of those usual tired old figures, but they can claim them. And in doing so, scuppered the whole Miliband balls plan of trying to pretend Miliband that balls. Miliband balls. It's crazy, isn't it? So the Labour have decided to go on the cost of living thing. Mm. Now, it, the cost of living has been squeezed. The trouble they've got is that I'm as outraged by the energy prices. I'd probably, uh, in an ideal world, renationalise energy totally in an How ideal world we'd be free to choose that's a very good point thanks however if you look at the price of gas and electric around the world it's the, it's as expensive everywhere yeah. There is a, a crisis in this uh, this department. So, so how do you solve it then? What do you? Because you, you see, people talk about the the how I don't mind them. I think the hamsters. turbines, turbi hamsters, ha big hamsters, more hamsters. Well, I don't mind the turbines on hills. I think they look. Are you saying giant hamster wheels on hills? Correct. With thousands of hamsters yeah, running around. That's what you need. But, but then you're going to get like animal cruelty people saying you can't do this to hamsters. Well, they get a rest. How long? Half hour. When? Tuesdays. So on Tuesdays. The hamsters that are powering the country... Every one of them. Get, is that it? Just half an hour on a Tuesday? You bring the gerbils in then. 
Right. Because they're going to give up. And how, I mean, how do you coax them along, then? Sunflower seeds. <laughs> you thought this out. Here's another thing that don't make no sense. It don't. It comes... Uh, well, quite a few people pointed this out. A couple of weeks ago, uh, do you remember Asda and Tesco had this faux pas with their fancy dress costumes? Oh, yes, yeah. Because one had... Uh, mental fancy, patient, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, mental patient. I mean, actually yeah. said mental patient. Yeah. Which was probably a little harsh, a bit misplaced... In the marketing stroke PR department. Where, and the other one was a psycho. I think the Tesco had a psycho uh, um, outfit. Right. Where do you stop? Does this mean that any kind of human monster outfit is therefore banned? So, because if you think of, I don't know, Norman Bates. Simon or, Bates. Simon Bates. Hi, everybody. Don't get in the shower. <laughs> not when I'm around. <laughs> he's not a monster. He's a lovely big man. But if you think about the Norman Bates character in Psycho... Think of Jason from Friday the 13th, all the Halloween flicks, pretty much any thriller that has a prominent uh, bad guy yeah. in it that people have parodied and, and dressed up as. Yeah. You'd have to, all, all of those people, you could argue, are suffering from a form of mental illness. You don't tend to become Bob the Mad Axe murderer with a sane brain, do you? No, but in fairness, Bob was just misunderstood. Heavily. So where does it end? What is good taste? What is not good taste? Is it all right to go as the Elephant Man? Oh, hello. <laughs> Do people go dressed as si- Elephant Man? That's Simon Bates, I see. Over there. <laughs> hello, Simon. Hello there, Elephant Man. Do you like a song? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh. um, do people really go to fancy dress parties as the Elephant Man? Quite a lot of makeup. <laughs> be quiet for that. Yeah, but you're right in that he he's sort of. I mean, that was that was a, a horrendous thing, really. You know, oh, the elephant man. Yeah, old lumpy face. Well, it was horrendous. Were the complaints that because um, remember this was only like a hundred and a bit years ago? So yeah. family relatives of John Merrick are still around. Yeah, you can spot them in the street quite easily. Very easily. Here's another thing that don't make no sense. Scotland. Well, not all of Scotland, uh, obviously. What? Your neck of the woods. Well, right. no, there was this, uh, another report. Most people living in Scotland describe their national identity as being Scottish only. This is the latest census figure, so we've, we've just right. got this, this data. They say they feel Scottish, not British. So it's the 2011 census. 62% describe themselves as Scottish only, while 18% said Scottish and British. Now, uh, if you look at the English people, I'm sure there's a, a figure there. However, what is feeling Scottish? It's a bit like the, the uh, most annoying comedian on the planet, which annoyingly, as a double annoyance, is one of my favourite comedians, but nonetheless, he's very annoying, Eddie Izzard. Right. Who may well stand for uh, mayor next time around. He'll of, win. Of the capital city. He will win. Do you he think does. so? Yeah, he will win. Uh, for the, On the Labour ticket. He says, uh, I feel European. Right. He does his shows in French. Mm. He does them in German as well. Okay. And so he often gets asked that European question. He says, I, you know, so in my heart, I feel like a European. He's got that sort of vague transatlantic thing mm. going on. I feel European. I think, well, you d- I don't believe you, Eddie. I don't believe you feel European. I believe you want to feel European. I don't believe you actually feel it. How, how does that manifest? What happens? What right. goes on? Do you, is there a tinge somewhere? Is there a, a slight sensation goes up your calf muscles? What goes on? Does your ass begin to ache? What <laughs> happens, Eddie Izzard? I'd like to know. And in the same with this question about 
uh, 62% of Scots saying they feel Scottish, not British. Right. What does that feel like? And how do, how do you distinguish, this is a more a philosophical question, those that feel British and Scottish, do they really feel any different from those that feel Scottish? The Scottish sense of national pride is far greater than the English because I think that a lot of English people aren't too bothered about being English. Whereas in Scotland, relatively small country, yep. uh, people are quite proud of what they do. They're proud of Scotland, they are proud of everything about it, and they are, they are, they are going to put Scottish and then British, or just Scottish, because that is genuinely the way they feel, and I think that's always sure. been the way they feel. However, I don't even think people were proud to be British a few years ago. Yep. It's only when we have things like the Olympics and everything's Hooray! like, oh, Britain's wonderful, here's my, union, here's my union flag... Here's my union flag. I'm uh, I'm I'm proud to be British, which they weren't five years before. They were like, ah, being British is a bit shit, really, isn't it? We don't have things like Hollywood. We don't have this. We don't have that. The government's a bit rubbish. So I think that people were probably saying, I'm proud to be Scottish, before being proud to be British, because the British sense of national identity in and of itself was diminished up until the Olympics, and the English sense of national identity is not as strong. People aren't as proud to be English as they are Scottish. I'm Sideshow Kev. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, Sideshow Kev will be appearing at the Hackney Empire for three weeks in <laughs> December. Now that show's been cancelled before it started. Yeah. Can I just say, by the way, talking to the Olympics, am I the only person that thinks that Ben Ains, sorry, Sir Ben Ainsley, oh, yeah. the sailing man, is a grade A tit end? <laughs> is that just me? Maybe it is. That don't make no sense. We'll do another one of that. I quite enjoyed that, showing the fan. That was very reasonable. Of con- life's conundrums. Yeah. Quite a lot of them. Uh, quite a lot of material to come on this show, including Kev's bit in Half a Shake. Yeah. And, of course, Sam Kelly. Oh, and exciting news. Oh, yes. You're listening to this podcast, so obviously you're clever and capable. Much like the Mitsubishi ASX, the clever and surprisingly capable, not to mention flexible crossover, which now even comes with its own flexible 50-50 finance package. Pay half up front, and in 18 months' time, you could pay the second half for outright ownership or part exchange for a new Mitsubishi. Or simply hand it back. It's your call. So, pop by mitsubishi-cars.co.uk for details and terms and conditions and start driving the Mitsubishi ASX you want today. Oh, it's very exciting. Uh, well, it's not that exciting, of course, because we come to this particular junction. What is exciting is the fact that this is uh, part two of two yeah. of the same episode from last week into this week, juxtaposed with two episodes, making it one as a whole part of two. We're like a tease. One We've plus been... one yeah. equals two, this being two minus the square root of the third. That's it. Or the... Yeah, no, you're quite right. The hypothesis. Something like that. Now, as you know, we have exciting things in this segment. We do a little bit about the internet. Yep. Uh, we have uh, the Showbiz Shoebox. Oh, it was. Our, our most shoebox. popular feature on yeah. the podcast. That's not back, surely. That was on the other week. No, no, this it's not back. Uh, we have the band list, which I know you enjoy. Yes. Um, this week, we're not doing any of those. None of those? None of okay. those. What are you doing? We're just going to have silence for, for ten minutes. That would be better than what we normally have in this section. Kate. All right, fine. Well, let's That's do all it. I can no, say. Okay, fine. Are you well, ready? Yeah, vision well, on music or something? No, no, no music. Music, Nothing. Just silence. Right, no, enough. you said it, it's your fault. Although, actually, I think you'll quite like this. Okay. Because what we're going to do right now is because I think you fancy yourself as a as a little bit of a a, a hand in this particular subject. As Sideshow Cave me presents Cockney Matt Smith's guide to Cockney rhyming slang. Audrey.
Give me some plinky plonk cockney music so we sound like we're in the East End having jelly deals and mash and pie and things. This is so simple. I'm just going to give you a sentence using a bit of cockney rhyming slang and you just have to tell me what the cockney rhyming slang means. I can't wait. It couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. How do you think you're going to do on this? If I can summon the spirit of everyone's favourite East End actor, Matt Smith. <laughs> Hello, son. How you doing? All right. Who am I? Who, who am I? Who? I was Doctor Who. Who are you? Who are you? Give me some of that. You just don't like Doctor Who's Capaldi. You bag. <laughs> Coming round my manor, taking my gig, taking my TARDIS. Taking my sonic screwdriver. Who the f*** do you think you are, eh? Think of it. Yeah, that's about f***ing right, isn't it? <laughs> you are tit off. Porky, Mr. Smith, I'll be off. Where's Molly Weir? <laughs> Molly Weir. Here we go, then. You ready? Ready. Uh, here's a sentence. Just tell me what the slang means. That site your kev is anchor spreadable. Okay. Anchor spreadable. Anchor spreadable. So, anchor spreadable is in itself a phrase. It's Cockney rhyming slang for something. Anchor spreadable, incredible. Well done. Okay. Yeah, you you don't use. It's easier just to say incredible, isn't it, than anchor spreadable? It's longer, more letters, more effort. We'd think so. More breaths. You only get a certain number of breaths per lifetime. One out of one for the Collins. Thank you. Here's another one then. Go on. I'll just have a quick Nelson. Nelson, um. Mm hmm. Nelson um, uh, Mandela could be. I'll have a quick uh, Mandela. I'll have a quick a uh, Nelson. Uh, uh, it's a P. Nelson PK. <laughs> it's a P. <laughs> a quick, offer a quick Nelson. <laughs> no, Nelson Mandela. Pint of Stella. Oh, for God's sake! I don't make That's these up. Balls. I'm not a Cockney. That's nonsense. In your opinion. Um, Can I just say, by the way, for anybody uh, wondering what the hell the whole Matt Smith thing's about, can you just go back on some previous episodes? Yeah, well, obviously, I mean... Yes. But That's I, not our responsibility, to educate everybody per episode. No, but I'd like to think people are with us on this incredible journey. Yes, I would And as hang well. on our every word. Every word. Uh, uh, here's another one. I left the God forbid with the missus. The God forbid? The God forbid. The God forbid is the God forbid... Is the I left it with them? God forbid, tid mid hid, hid. I left the hid, did <laughs> mid. I have no fid idea. The God forbid, God forbid, <laughs> kid. Oh, the kid. But again, it's not great letter what? economy. Is Where's it? your God forbid? Me God forbid is with the missus. It just doesn't make much sense. No, to me. not at all. She's all right, but at the moment she's on her George Michael. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got that one right. Really? Yes. What do you think it is? Well, is it a mode of transport? Not quite. It's not. Uh, not no. So it's not cycle. It sort of is, but you've only got half of it. Right, it's a monthly cycle. Near enough, menstrual okay. cycle. Menstrual. <laughs> yeah, George Michael menstrual cycle. I bet he's really proud of that. Yeah, I bet he loves it. Yeah, I bet he does. Four Nelsons later, I'm off for a Patrick McNee. That's got to be a P. A wee. Near enough. Wee P, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Patrick McNee's still alive? I don't think he is, is he? Mm, 
probably not. He must be. He'd be about a hundred. He'd he be about a hundred. Yeah. Did nice. you like that? The Avengers, and not not Iron Man, but no. You know, I really liked the Avengers. I did the new Avengers rather. No, no, no. The new Avengers were terrible. What Joanna Lumley? Yeah, dreadful. No, that's the one I liked. Oh, that was horrible. No, was no, it? Gareth Hunt. I'm sorry. It's just an opinion. <laughs> oh man. No, but it was uh, Diana Rigg and yeah. uh, Honor Blackman and um, the American one that nobody liked. Oh, I think she was Canadian. Not Alexandra Bastido, was it? No, no, no. That was the Champions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Champions was all right. Yeah. No, but the Avengers was was clever, and then it went really weird, and it was. Uh, I liked the Avengers a lot. No, it's the new Avengers for me. No, but that was bad. So you must have watched it retrospectively, obviously. Last week. Something in the, yes, it was the same from the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. No, I mean, God, yeah. I'm, I, I, it, was, it was like 20, 30 years before my time. But Sure. Um, I, um, so was the new Avengers, for that matter. But Joanna Lumley, McNee and Hunt, you know, were a fine trio. Of- McNee and Hunt. <laughs> that just sounds so rude, doesn't it? it particularly with the feature we're doing at the moment, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joanna Lumley, ever met her? Are you a fan? Uh, no, she obviously has a you know, nice voice and all that caper. <clears> but ah, she's a, what are you supposed to say? National treasure. Yeah. National treasure. Joe, right, Joe. I worked with her once, and she's really nice. She's as nice as you would hope. A pleasant person. Yeah, no, really pleasant. Yeah. Super nice, super You'd polite. Hope so. Yeah, professional. Sure. You, you could learn from her. I'm <laughs> sure I could. Ah, well, a couple of night riders should sort me out. Couple of night riders. Night riders. Ciders. Couple of ciders. Very good, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah that's all right. Couple of night but riders. But uh, does that really Find happen? a night rider, please. Yeah. Give me a night rider. Clifford. Does that, and it, I, I find it ironic that David Hasselhoff, with his issues, yeah. uh, has a bit of Cockney rhyming slang named, named after, after him. You. The old soak. Yeah. There you go. How did I do? I don't know. I've got one more. Have you? Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm going to hit that wag, wag, oops. in his Penelope Keith. <laughs> Well, I'm guessing it's teeth. Teeth? Teeth! Yes. Yes. You're actually quite good at Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah, well, it, I mean, you kind of did give some clues, really, in the uh, sentences that surrounded the required response. Well, that's because I'm nice. I think I got 50% there. Well, I think it was probably more like 60, but I'll take 10% off just because I'm like that. Okay. That, everybody, is such a gift. Yeah, I am. But And we've been talking about this for a while. Yes. Um, there is some exciting news, and it's genuinely is there? exciting news. A genuine exciting um, news. I'd like to be the one to break it. Go on. You might want to, but go I know on. you're a modest guy. No, go on. I've known you for a long time. Oh, you have? Uh, and you have, you have many times over the uh, time, the, the many years you've been on air, which is an, an amazing time for a 24-year-old man. To it's, not, it's quite a while to be the, been yeah, on yeah, air. Yeah. You must have started when you were like yeah, four. Yeah, very, very little whippersnapper. Um, but you, Just uh, a wee bear, I was. Yes, indeed. Uh, and you do have some uh, incredibly exciting news, and I'm, I'm thrilled that we can be the platform, the vehicle, <laughs> to... Uh, to Announce it for the first time, genuinely, and I know we like to have a little bit of a game here and wind people up. Yes. Uh, but we do have some exciting news. Go on. And it's about you. Me? And it's about the fact that you are going to be... Go on. ...a father. Yes! Thank you very much. Congratulations, Collins. Which is... We knew it would happen. Outstanding. Al from home and away here. <laughs> Sounding a bit like Simon Bates. <laughs> Congratulations. Didn't know you had any spunk in your new chat. Assume you have. <laughs> Yeah, you see, this is going to be mental, isn't it? So come January, what are we going to do? It's only like 12, 13 weeks away. Yeah. 
Well, we usually we're take on, ta- we'll be on bairn detail. We usually take a little bit of time off in January, but the baby's due in January. January, yeah. yeah. Early doors January, so that could mean Christmas, or it could mean New Year's Day, yes. or it could mean the week after uh, Christmas. Now, the interesting thing is, you've already got two yeah. Midlands, yeah. Uh, one very little. Yes. Uh, now that means that I'm feeling a new feature coming on. Uh, possibly nappy bound, nappy <laughs> yeah. based. We're just gonna be obsessed with like nappies. Nappy and... races. That's the one. That's not bad. But you, you must go. be. You're feeling good about this. Gonna so FaceTime each other, <laughs> changing our kids' nappies. Oh, oh, I did it. You you were in for a whole world of wonderful smells. Yeah. Yeah. So it's clearly going to be uh, vague madness around my place Christmas uh, time, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. But, but it's all, brilliant. But all good madness. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you, Sideshow Kev. That's all thank right. Thank you, Andre. Yeah, well, he's Good got... Matt Smith. Thank you, Matt Smith. <laughs> That's all right, Sam. You <laughs> f- <laughs> Well, yes, as it turned out. So so there we are. Yes, that is exciting news. Exciting yeah. once-a-word breaking news. You didn't and do it on LBC. You did it here. We, uh, but we will be doing a uh, podcast live from the birth. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, already been arranged with the missus, so... Andre, give me some birthing music. I'm also looking forward... To Sam Kelly. Sam Kelly? Sam Kelly! Club! Do you not see that if you kill him with the pill from the till by making with it the drug in the jug, you need not light the candle with the handle of the gato from the shuttle? I care who promised you a legend. Oh, yeah. Yes. Guess who's on? Guess who's with us? Go on. Guess who's waiting? Go on. Down our phone line? Go on. Guess who's down the blower? Go on. Guess who's on the I'm old ring of ding ding? It's Sam Kelly is with us, everybody. How are you, Sam? I'm very well, thank you, Ian. Uh, a legend. A legend. Yes. In fact, well, listen, I mean, they, they don't come much more legendary, really, <laughs> because you haven't stopped working since you were about one. Yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> well, oddly enough, since I was 17 when I went into the civil service in Liverpool, my hometown, yeah. and then went to drama school at 20. So, in, in a way, I was quite late starting at drama school. So that was a bit unusual, wasn't it? Yeah. So suddenly, you know... Oh, I were... knew I wanted to do it there, Ian. I knew from the age of eight. Did you? But, but, but through, through what? Well, what were you production... looking at or watching back then? I saw a production of Wind in the Willows okay. with my parents at Liverpool Rep in about 1813 <laughs> and, uh, and uh, saw Toad and Ratty and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'll have some of that. Uh, but of course, you've you know you, you, you've obviously done loads of theatre. You're going back into the West End, which we'll come to in a second. But uh, in in between all of that, there was a little matter of, uh, of one or two reasonably high profile sitcoms. Oh, very lucky there, with Porridge and Hello Hello, two of the the best written sitcoms yeah. around, really, and uh, two uh, equally enjoyable shows. I did a series called Barbara about a, about a lunatic family containing. <laughs> Mark Benton, who is now in that um, uh, Str- ballroom dancing Str- thing Str- on the other side. That's right, of course he is, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> Silly old fool. That's right. Who and, else was uh, in Barbara, Sam? Remind us. Gwen Taylor played the, Gwen Taylor, the title was... role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sherry Houston, who is now on that, um, uh, what's it called? Loose that? Women. Loose Women, that's, that's right. That's it, yeah. And they don't come looser. And, <laughs> um, and, but the other one was written by Bob Larby, who wrote The Good Life. Of uh, course. And, uh, with Dennis Waterman and me and Joan Sims and a few other people. Wow. Uh, called On the Up, which was enormous fun to do. That's right. But, I, I mean, Porridge was, I, I suppose, uh, when you first did Porridge, because you, you were pretty young doing Porridge, weren't you? Well, young. I was about 27, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It was 1974. But were you, were you one of the, must have been one of the younger cast members? I suppose so. 
I mean, there was uh, Chris Biggins and Tony Asuba. Yeah. And Beckinsale, of course, who was younger than me. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then, it, then, it, then you started on the prison warders, you know, Mr. Barraclough and Mr. <laughs> Mackay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ronnie, of course, you know. What happens there, do you think, when... I, I suppose it's a, a heady cocktail, isn't it, of, of writing, acting and directing and, and the, this sort of... The, these three elements coming together in, in, in the most splendid way. Yes, um, I think it sort of starts with the writing, really. Sure. Uh, they, they had written and were still writing, I think, at that time, uh, The Likely Lads. We did a pilot, or I didn't do the pilot, but there was a pilot of uh, Ronnie uh, doing Norman Stanley Fletcher with mainly Brian um, Wilde, Mr. Mm-hmm. Balaclough. And obviously Ronnie took to their writing, and who wouldn't? Of course. Superb. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie was incredibly generous, and if, he, if you were being good, he let you be good, yeah. unlike some people we can think of, mm-hmm. um, because he knew that he was the star of the show. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know, and he just, he let you get on with it. And if he liked it, it was great. Well, it's one of those gigs, isn't it? If you, if you didn't do anything else, you could say, I was in Porridge. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be all right. But then, of course, you know, to, to compound a rather healthy CV, Hello, Hello comes along. And that's, uh, you know, again, another b- really Remarkable. beautifully written, very tasty job, I would imagine, yeah. as an actor. Ten years later, that was, amazingly. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean, the Sunday Times said after a low low started going out, are these the depths to which the BBC has sunk? Oddly enough, Ian, I'm not sure they'd do it now. It yeah, that's, a, that's a really good point. No, no matter how uh, uh, satirical or how much of a parody or how much of a send-up it was meant to be, but yeah. you, you're probably right. Yeah, I'd rather think they might not. And yet Gordon, who played uh, Monsieur René, uh, got an enormous amount of recognition from the widows and the widowers yeah. of French resistance fighters. And one of them even sent him a, uh, a medal. Really? Her husband had, wow. uh, had, had won. Uh, because, I mean, uh, sensibly, René was a, was a, uh, a resistance fighter, yeah. albeit a reluctant one. Sure. You know? But by golly, we had some good times on that show. Well, the, but the whole, the whole, everything, I mean, it was utterly bonkers, wasn't it, as a sitcom? It was just, there was so much going on. It was almost, it, it, I don't know this, but I would imagine it sort of probably broke rules of, of of writing or staging in the sense that you know there was th- th- there was no one scene being played out there were you know why have one when you can have 21 because there, <laughs> there were all yeah. manner of things going on little subplots and additional characters yeah that's right yes marvelous characters little characters that came in and out yeah, yeah, yeah. we were under instructions too to keep it very british we weren't allowed to say a word of the language that uh, the characters really spoke german or french yeah, uh, it all had to be very English, you know, British, sure. and, uh, because it was very much a, a British idea. Indeed, but you left before the end. Yes, I did. I, I rather regretted it in a way. I, 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 when I started, I thought I'll just do three series of this, and then of course it took off in the most um, uh, incredible way. Yeah, but I did stick to my guns. I, I just didn't want to get too I- associated with it, really. Yeah, but it didn't make any difference. I mean. I I, uh, I thought for for a bit that I might get some very nice, uh, uh, perhaps a nice deal with a commercial where I could earn a lot of money. And then I realised that most people don't want Nazis advertising their products. <laughs> Can you still do the voice? Yes, I think so. It's a bit like that. <laughs> and uh, had that mysterious little sound that I used to make when they said Heil Hitler, which uh, used to uh, confuse people. Terribly. <laughs> Because the, the, the strange thing about a character such as that, you're, you're still, you're very recognisable, Sam. So I, I can imagine, you know, if you're sitting there in the supermarket 
and you know you're about to buy your chops. Uh, I, I can imagine somebody shouting across, "Yeah, do the voice, Sam." It does happen. Yeah. In fact, they don't know your name really, but they do. They <laughs> do the voice. Hands Brilliant. Shout, you know. Brilliant. Well, let's hope they don't shout that out in the West End because you're going. You've had a bit of a break over the last few months, but you're you're back uh, and, and back in spectacular form, really. Well, I'm going to do my second tour of duty in uh, Wicked, the musical. Superb. Uh, which I did in 2009-10 for a year. Yep. I'm going to do another year starting in November. And uh, I love it. I'm playing the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Uh, I'm not on an enormous amount, but when I'm, when I'm not on, I'm being talked about. So that's what I call a part, really. Well, I was going to say, it is a good part. Uh, and as you say, you've done it before. Uh, lots of, I think when I saw it, I think Nigel Planer did it for a yeah, while. That's right. he? He yeah, that's right. He was the first. Right. Yes. I was the third, and now I'm going to be about the sixth. But all manner of guys have, 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 yes. have played that part. Yes. In the... it's, uh, I love the musical. I love the show because it's about something. Yep. Kids identify with particularly teenage girls. Uh, sure. And they love it, you know, because it's about prejudice and, you know, yeah, yeah. sorts of things like that. I saw, when I saw it, I could, you know, I remember thinking, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to make of this. I knew it had been big on Broadway. And but it's it always, isn't it? It came... It's huge, though, isn't it? I mean, that's yes. the, the the word that always I think about. It's just a an absolutely enormous show. It looks incredible. I don't know when it dawned on the producers that they were into something big, but it, yeah. it, in America it must have done. Sure. I mean, I understand that in London alone it's taken over £100 million of the box. Wow. Office. And now it's on tour as well as being in the West. Sure. It's in Manchester at the moment. And what a, what a lovely job as an actor as well. Oh, yeah, fabulous. So. Apart from anything else, I get off the tube at Victoria, cross the road, and I'm at the stage door. So you've disappointed me there, Sam. You're telling me you, you, you come to work on a tube, you don't have a... Horse and carriage. Horse and carriage. Pick I, bring, you up. I bring my own horse and carriage on Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, we, we had a lot of requests from our listeners to, to, to chat with you. Um, so they're going to be delighted that you've been able to join us on the uh, on, on the programme. Oh, that's been great. And in, enjoy Wicked, Sam. We're, 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 me and Kev will get down there. You like a bit of... I know you're scared of the uh, the, 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 the witches and the wizards, oh, Kev, aren't terrified. you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, be all, you're in good company with Sam. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be too scary, Sam, will you? No, no, I'll try not to be. Brilliant. Thanks for talking with us, Sam. Bless you. Thanks very much. That's Sam Kelly, everybody. Sam Kelly! Credit stream. And there you go. They said it couldn't be done, but it was. So shut up. We are, of course, back next week. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, get over to iTunes to rate, review, and importantly, subscribe. If you're an Android user, you can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thank you. To all of our guests, all can be followed on Twitter, as can we, at Once A Word. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod. His website, incompetech.com. The show's technical operator, Andre Porch. The programme was edited by Teresa Brandt. Our intern was Emmanuel Kant. And today's chunky fact comes courtesy of Kenny in Stoke, who tells me that the humble ferret is the only species in the animal world to have known transsexual inclinations. Bollocks! And as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. We're back in seven days when a man who tells jokes for a living will be in our kitchen. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. (laughs) Big Things! Another Ian Collins Once a Word Fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. Over the course of their lifetime, the average driver will swear roughly 32,000 times while driving. L200 drivers swear 31,999 times less than that.